The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, and today I am being joined by the star and the executive producer of the Netflix hit, The Principles of Pleasure, where there's a lot of questions being asked and a lot of stories being told. Oh, um, pleasure? Pleasure means, uh, what do I think? about pleasure can feel um, awkward. You just don't talk about it. I don't know why, but honestly, it shouldn't. Pleasure is deeply connected to sex. It turns out that the orgasm gap is even wider than the well-known wage gap. There really is this communal experience of, I know this can be better for me. Imagine if you can go back in time and learn about your body and how to embrace your desires without fear. How would the rest of your life be different? I would like to know how to not feel so guilty. It's okay for women to take ownership of their health and their pleasure. Knowing where the clitoris is, is knowledge. Knowing where your own clitoris is, is power. Somebody's dad is gonna watch that and go, huh? <laughs> Not to sound like a broken vibrator, but pleasure is not a nice to have. It's a need to have. I'm having a good time by myself. I'm having some good sex now. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Why is my car coming? Sorry. And today we meet Dirty Lola, a sex edutainer, speaker, and self-proclaimed dildo slinger. Known for her live sex ed Q&A show, Sex Ed A Go Go, and as co-host of New York Magazine's The Cuts Sex Probs web series, Lola has spent almost a decade working to end the stigma and shame surrounding sex and sexuality. Having started her journey sharing personal discoveries with polyamory and kink online, Lola now uses her knowledge, warm candor, and public platforms to teach the masses in person and to wrapped internet audiences. She's joined by executive producer Thalia Mavros. Thalia is an award-winning filmmaker, director, and media executive turned entrepreneur. She is the founder of The Front, 
a documentary studio that aims to challenge the cultural status quo by supporting thought-provoking nonfiction work on a diverse range of topics. Most recently, she created and executive produced the groundbreaking new Netflix documentary series, The Principles of Pleasure, with premieres at Tribeca, South by Southwest and Laugh, she's won multiple awards along the way, including numerous Webbies, Adweek's Changing the Game Award, and Audience Awards at the LA Film Festival and the New Orleans Film Festival. Previously, she was the Executive Creative Director at Vice. Thalia is a passionate and curious person about the natural world and can be found diving among sharks when not in the front's Brooklyn or Los Angeles offices. Now it's time to take a deep look into the principles of pleasure on what women and other wonderful humans want. So Lola, first time you ever picked up a toy that is made for sex right? and your reaction to it. I was 18 and I purposely went to a sex shop to buy my first sex toy. And I was like, Ooh, this is pretty. And it was a silver, like vibrate, like the, the long, like phallic vibrators that took like the D batteries and had the screw off bottom that, and I bought it in the village from one of those shops and it was silver. And literally I was like, it's silver. Worse, you don't, don't buy things that are like now, now you could, cause it's not going to flake off inside your body, but this was the nineties and it was clearly like silver plastic coated stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, that was my first. And I was just very excited mostly because of the, <laughs> because of the color of it. Yeah. That was my very first sex, sex way. Alia, the first time you had an inkling that you wanted to do a show about women's pleasure. Actually, when I was a teenager, I didn't know that it was going to be a show. I thought I wanted to create a manual. Like I was like, I want to create a manual for life because nobody was answering me honestly or directly. And I had all these questions and I was like, I had this throbbing body and I was like, what is happening? I feel all these things. How do I like, what, what does this all mean? How do I manage it? You know, how do I like enjoy and the pleasure and not put myself in, in dangerous situations, but nobody would talk to me about anything. And in fact, when I tried to ask people and adults, um, it was all like lies would come back. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I was like, at the age of maybe even 15, I just was like, I'm, I want to see how ridiculous this is. And I, I asked my mom, mom, so did you and dad, like what you had sex and, and, and you got pregnant and what was the deal? And she's like, no, no, no. We were in a pool and his sperm found his way to me. And I was just like, this is so ridiculous. I cannot believe that you are a parent and you're not ashamed of yourself. And I like called her out and I was like, this is such awful, awful parenting, and you should be ashamed of yourself. One day, I will create <laughs> something that all kids, because, you know, one of the things that frustrated me is teenage, being a teenager is so difficult, because just everything is changing. You're trying to figure out the world, you feel like an adult, but you're not treated like an adult. You're trying to find your place in life. And then like, 
you can't, if you can't get that support from the people around you to give you some truth, to give you some like, like beyond just like medical truths, which is like 101, then understanding pleasure, which is so paramount in, in self-love and loving our bodies and understanding ourselves, like how do we navigate? And, and that manual for me was like, I, one day I will create this for teenagers. How have all these adults forgotten what it's like to be a teenager? How did, and I used to ask people around me, how do you forget how hard this is? And why won't you help me? And, and it just fell onto deaf ears. Like it was just, I you know, and I grew up in Greece, it, you know, I think it was, it's a different, and it was a different society back then too, where it's like girls just didn't talk about these things at all. And, and you were shamed. And I mean, I think it's worldwide really still, to be honest. Um, and, and I kept demanding and being so angry, I remember. And I was like, one day I'm going to make a manual for life. You know, I'm going to make a manual for pleasure. I kind of forgot about it. This came around, I, we worked on it. And then one day, it just, it all kind of came to me rushing in of like, I promised my 15 year old self that I would do this one day. And it, it kind of gave me chills because it's like those forgotten promises, you know, that maybe haven't been forgotten. It was just been put away somewhere. And the minute you get the chance to, you, you kind of, you know, pr bring it into the world, birth it and like share it with other people. and. And just based on the reactions that we've gotten, it's like, you know, how many, I have to do the math here, how old I am now, but 20, 30 years later, <laughs> I, you know, we see that girls and women and people and everybody in between, right, um, still need this. Lola, what was your introduction to sex education? Oh, uh formally or informally I mean the informal I guess was just I had some bad things happen to me as a kid and uh one of the ways directions you know when you're um assaulted as a, a young child's hypersexualization and part of that for me was hyper hyper curiosity so it wasn't um like I started masturbating very early because it was post those things happening um, all like textbook, a, a part of like what happens, but I became very like, well, what does this mean? And like, I feel this way, this is a thing. Like if I see these images or I read this thing, this is what it feels like in my body. And like kind of seeking that and not having anybody to talk to, but trying to like find a way to talk to people about it. And like, I found my grandpa's porn stash were very young and it wasn't like it was pictures and images but it was like naked people which you never get to see naked people and I like I'm 40 so I'm the Skinamax HBO before it was you know um played all the time and if you back then like now when you don't have a channel you just can't access that channel back in the day if you didn't have that channel it was scrambled and you could see a, a boob or you could hear dialogue and we would sit in front of it and listen to the moans or like whatever so that was kind of like part of everybody's growing up but I remember finding like these magazines and like the books that people wrote letters and would talk about like their sex experiences and I was really young like cataloging like okay so they call it a cunt and I'd go to school and I'm like okay 
What do you call yours? My mom calls it this, but I know that this is a word. So people call it, have you ever heard that word? Okay, did you, have you ever used that word? And that was me. And that was like, carried off through my life has always been like, where can I get this? VC Andrews, thank God for the public library and having books about things. And I would just, nobody was monitoring what I was reading bad parenting, whatever, lackadaisical parenting, just happy I was reading. So I would just like get my hands on books and, and just read about it. And I, so I've been learning about sex, like for a very long time. I don't think I ever got a formal true sex education. I mean, in school you get the, this is your, your period is coming. So like fifth grade, they separate you. The boys get to learn about wet dreams. We get to learn about that. We're going to bleed to death. And like, and you're, and, and then, and then you could have a baby and, or, and all the things. And, but I'm like, wait a minute, what's this wet dream stuff? I want, can you, I want somebody to talk more about this and like, but what about this? And the same thing, nobody wants to answer these questions because I'm like, I'm a kid who has had experiences I shouldn't have had, but I need, and nobody wants to talk to me about what's happening with my body like pleasure, anything. Like I got in trouble when my mom found out I was masturbating. So then I just got good at hiding it and she got mad and I get it. She was scared because it was me mimicking what had happened to me to get to a place, but she freaked out and nobody talked to me about it, about like how to safely do it. Like I was humping things. I don't, I never put anything inside my body, but I was like humping all kinds of things and like finding the thing that like worked best. And this is still happening where they're like, kids adult not even kids adults adults who are ashamed to go into a sex shop using foreign objects in their body especially cis men I have more cis men that let me know they've been putting things like face shavers that vibrate up their asses um, because they're so ashamed to come into a shop and ask for a plug or they think this makes me gay I'm gay if I do this I'm gay if I put anything in my butt and if I let other people know I'm definitely gay. I've had so many hushed conversations where they've called to see if anybody's in the shop first. They've stood outside until the shop is empty. You know, it's almost like they duck and cover if somebody walks in while we're talking. Like this, it's like so much is still happening where people aren't getting that kind of sex education. And I, I was just a curious kid who was uh on a quest to learn more despite not being given all, you know, given the tools, I, I found the way. <laughs> that pains me so much to hear that, yeah. that people still feel like that and feel, oh, yeah, Definitely. and like, and you have the shop in Brooklyn. So it's yeah. like, you know, like, it's not like what more, arguably more progressive, right? right? And and it's still such a big issue. And That's I come from a background also that I had, there was sexual abuse and I also was, you know, hypersexualized and hypercurious and, and so many things happening and not understanding any of it. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I resonate a lot with that. And it almost seems as though, because sadly, so many women go through trauma in their younger years that education has to be something even more than simply the textbook part of it because they are coming at it from a place where they're having to catch up with real life so to speak mm -hmm. that's got to make it difficult oh yeah yeah i mean i think I mean, me part of it was like 
uh, when people ask me, what was your first kiss or your first thing? And I'm like, that was stolen from me. Like, I don't even get to wax poetic. And like, I've never, I don't remember my first actual kiss that was consensual with a person because I don't think it just, I had already known this had happened and it had been taken. So that I couldn't even mark it in my mind as like, this was the first time. And I remember my first time having penetrative sex, but like, it was just, just those kinds of things. I don't have like a, you know, the, the coming of age is very different than what they portray in places. And I think a lot of women have shame around not having that kind of um, coming of age and like how they connect with people or how they connected with the, those first things happening to them. Um, and there's a lot of shame around that, or there's like, almost like you feel like you have to act your way through um, how it's supposed to be when, when, when you are in these spaces, like you're like, okay, so this is the script that I've kind of been told in this off the camera way. This is how I'm supposed to act. Um, so there's so much in that and there's very little, I mean, hopefully now there's a lot more, but I feel like we've had a lot less like people in control when they're in these situations and knowing what they need so that they can talk about it and or stop and go hmm you know I, I think I, I would like if this is happening where I like it like this that's that's still not happening as, as much as it should um and I think a lot of that comes from like those places of trauma you know what's interesting and through the making of the series I realized that my I had zero formal sex education um my sex education came through gay porn mm. written gay porn and it was, and it really, now looking back and it kind of shows, but uh, in my latter uh, sexual life, but, but what I really loved about it was it was like two consenting adults without necessarily a power dynamic of male to female, subjugating the female, like the classic tropes that you would see in like cis porn. And it would be like a conversation about how do you like it? Are you a top? Are you a bottom? Um, are we using loop? Like there's a lot more, there was a lot more conversation that, and in, in the kink world too, right? About consent, about two equals coming together and like really having a conversation about what each of them wants and then diving into that world. And I used to find that so fun and so liberating that, you know, and I think it still surprises people today about how like open I am about these things and how like I'm like let's talk about it let's 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 dive into it and see what are we into what what do we want to play with and it really and it takes people by surprise still and and I and I really attribute it back to kink and gay porn like and a lot of it was written not you know as much the 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 video or the the visual but the stories because you'd get into those details right yeah and in the late 80s, early 90s, we started to be able to have some sort of conversation about it. If you had HBO and you'd see things like Real Sex and some of the documentaries that, that Sheila Nevins had put on HBO that kind of opened it up to here's a whole different world. But it wasn't until this particular series, and I am a 58-year-old cishet male, that I understood what I had missed as far as being able to understand what women 
go through what women's pleasure is about. And I have to tell you, I have the greatest appreciation. And I told Lola this in an email. I didn't know anything. And I'm like, wow. Well, while we were making the doc, I had a lot of like existential crises because as we were putting it together and doing all the research, I, I was like, this is two one oh one. Everybody knows this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we, why can't we just level up and like really dive deep? And then I kept on polling people, people in my environment to go, well, like, do you know where your clit is? Do you know how large it is? And, every, and it was coming back, like the responses were shocking. And I was like, okay, I, maybe I'm just like living in a different world. I have to step this back because I was like, are we dumbing this down for people? And it's like, no, people do not know. Mm-hmm. And where do you get like this information? Right. Right. I, and I mean, Lola, you do a wonderful job and I've been to, to, to your shop and you've helped me out a couple of times, I have to say. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan, <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, but but and how do you get it in a way that like incorporates the medical world and incorporates you know the, also from a perspective of of pleasure, mental and emotional health, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you break it down, it's really about how do we love ourselves? Yeah, there like, there are so many people. I mean, I just literally had this conversation. I had a, a woman walk in. It was two, and they were looking at the products and they're talking about things and. I try not to like jump in and, and let people talk because I don't want to be that person. I want to let them experience the store, but I could tell they're like, where does this go? And she was holding a magic wand. She's like, this won't fit inside you. And I was like, it doesn't go inside you. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you could have that kink and it could, but that's not what it's meant for. And, and she comes over and she's like, how, how would you, what would you recommend? And I'm like, this is really about you. Like, what works for me and what I like will might not work for you, might not be the thing that's going to work for your body. And I can help you narrow that down. And she's like, well, what kind of things do I need to think about? And I'm like, well, what kind of sensation do you like? You know, do you need something that's a little lighter touch? Do you need a lot of sensation? Do you want buzzy? Do you want rumbly? Do you like exterior stimulation more? You like clitoral stimulation? Do you want internal? Do you want both? Do you want a toy that can do both? Do you want a toy you can use when you masturbate? Do you want for partner? And these are all for me. And I like when you said like people should know this stuff, I always have to remind myself people don't because she looked at me and she's like, I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, are you having sex? And I'm like, not, I I just blurted it out. I'm like, are you having sex with uh, other people? She goes, yeah, of course. And I'm like, why don't you know these things about yourself? But these are things we learn and not as a judgmental, but I'm like, hey, like if this will help you have better sex with them, this will help you like, know what to ask for and she just she was like I've never thought about asking for what I need or or like direct she's like I kind of just let guys lead the way and I'm like they don't know anything and we laughed about it but she really did go home and she's like I'm gonna go home and I'm like listen this is why I'm an advocate for masturbation it's it's learning your body and I'm like even little things that you don't think about but like the size of your clit will really play a part in like the types of toys you buy because especially like those new toys like the air pulse they're not all made for like a larger clip 
and having a larger clit isn't just a trans person thing. There, there are cis women who have larger clits and people don't think about that or talk about that because there's shame and like the different shapes of our vulvas and, you know, our labia and our clitorises. But I'm like, you need to, those are things you want to think about when you're buying a toy. Like the Eva that we had on the show, the little, it looks like a little beetle. Everybody wants it. And I'm like, hey, here's some things you need to think about. You need to think about the size of your outer labia because that's where the legs go. And I'm like, I have a very large um, outer labia and my like vulva and it swallows it up and it's not so comfortable for me to use it. Whereas like, so, 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 but if you have a very flat vulva and you don't have a lot of outer labia, like you have to have enough for the toy to like fit behind it and people will glaze over. And I'm like, go home. And put and I always use my mouth and I put my I hook my finger around my mouth and I'm like it's gotta if you can't do this down there it doesn't work and they laugh and they're like I'm gonna go home and do that and I'm like yeah you have to think about this and also how big is your partner like if your partner even if it's not that they're huge but if your your uh, vaginal opening is really close to your clit which some people we're all shaped different we're all different distances. So if your vaginal opening is close to your clit the toy sits on your clit they could bump it they don't have to be huge but they could bump it and that, you know, defeats the purpose of the toy. So I try to, you know, when I'm talking to people, you see their eyes goes over and it's like, people are having sex and doing things and they have no idea like how far their clit is from their vaginal opening. If they're narrow, if they're wide, like I have a narrow um, vaginal canal. I, I know that four fingers is a pipe dream not a pipe dream it happens and then the next morning I regret it and then I'm like what did we do and my vagina's like why and then you know it's a lot but I so when I'm looking at toys I'm like this might be a lot (laughs) three fingers okay that that'll work and I'm like you should know you should know these things I want I've been forever trying to think of how to make a measuring kit to like mark these things down so that they can kind of have a idea. But I'm, I've learned all of this through masturbation and trial and error. <laughs> like that did not, fit. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of have those moments and it makes me sad that people don't, don't feel like they can or haven't tried or feel like it's somehow against the grain for them to experiment and I'm like you can experiment with your partner too I love like buy some stuff and take a pad and paper into the bedroom and try things out and make a note of what felt good what didn't feel good what worked what didn't work and like make it a fun time but an experiment so you have this information and people just get so like (sighs) about it but yeah like i that's why I'm really loving this because I think it will make people be a little bit more like, okay. Yeah. Alia, you started the show with episode one, Our Bodies. And it seems as though you need a roadmap to know where you're going. And this was the perfect roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that most women don't. No, most people, I, I don't want to even get into the gender piece of it because I think it's just like, it's all of us. Like we do not know. And I think people like Lola and I that were hyper curious and like had to dive in really early to be like, what is happening? I need to understand this because it was more accelerated or, or you know, I think 
maybe too early in certain ways and you had to kind of start to figure it out. I think there's that natural curiosity that stems from that. I feel like, and it's kind of interesting to see now in, in hindsight how so many people that do talk about sex openly have a little bit of, of that in their backgrounds because they've had to deal with things in a different way and, and like come to terms with shame and guilt in a different way, like as a trauma, um, a healing from trauma. Mm-hmm. And then reclaiming that narrative for themselves. And I think, you know, ideally that's not that's not what would happen in the world. It would we would start from like this makes us happy. This is a way to like feel better about myself in the world. Like, let me dive in. It doesn't like it, it, that's the thing that kind of makes me the saddest where like I had somebody when I was asking, when we were doing research on the project that said, oh, I don't need to masturbate. I have a husband. Mm. And I was, <laughs> I almost gagged and like fell over because I was just like, you know, what are we talking about here? Like, it's a different, a whole different thing. It's like you with yourself mm-hmm. having, you know, that like, it's a moment of love with yourself. And it's a moment of like diving in and think figuring certain things out and like why not take that time to experiment and like understand your body in 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 ways that you can then share it's 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 fascinating to me and and it hurts my soul and I'm so excited for people to see this to like start you know demystifying it in certain ways or I mean I, I love a little bit of mystery but like pulling back the veil of like shame because like really what we're talking about is shame and, and, and our, you know, I often like one of the things that would come to my mind is like, as a teenager, I didn't like being female. I didn't like, you know, uh, my my body and what my body was doing. And I felt like I was cursed, you know, which I think Mm -hmm. also comes with like some Judeo-Christian baggage. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that I felt like, why is this happening to me? What have I done? Why am I being punished? You know, and, and, and carried that for a while in my life until one day I was like, this is a Ferrari. This body's a Ferrari. <laughs> like the things this body does, like you couldn't create this body if you tried with the best technology in the world. Like this is high, as high tech as it gets. This is like the pleasure, the excitement, the feelings, the senses, like, it's it's it we're dry, we're walking around in these like majestic as bodies and we hate them or we're not comfortable with them or we don't know them right like imagine if we all tune in and understand how to like how to work with these you know how to work with what we're what we're living in and how how to tap into what pleasure really means to us in in you know, I think it's spiritual and I think it's emotional and I think it's physical and it's everything. It's like who we are fundamentally. So I, you know, I get very passionate about, (laughs) about pleasure and and understanding and and it's all connected, you know, our body and it's like we separated the body and the mind. And I don't know if I actually believe in the difference between, I think it's a body mind, you know, Um, but and, and then also like, we're also made for connection, mm-hmm. right? Like ultimately why are we 
in this in this form what are we here for and it's connection right yeah so you know i think that's how we kind of built out the episodes of of um the roadmap then kind of the 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 details around you know again hormones something that like female sex hormones or something that are, are vilified mm-hmm. oh my hormones it's like everything that that's going wrong with us it's like our hormones fault it's like do you understand do we understand what hormones actually do they're taking messages in our body at all given times to like help do everything that's happening like we're so and we're we're so finely like a like attuned and and yet we like oh female hormones oh you know this is a cur- again back to this like it's a curse and it's like no 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 please like let's let's step that back let's really understand what's happening even if it's under, not understandable at all times mm-hmm. right um because fundamentally these are the, the deepest mysteries but um and then and then work with it work with it love it like how, how do we get back to like loving ourselves and each other i'll give you an interesting perspective in the fact that i have always been fascinated by the female orgasm i have always been fascinated by the way women's bodies work and i don't think i'm your typical male in that way because many males just think of what they can do with their bodies and the woman might be the vessel to that pleasure. But when you actually think, and I had told a previous guest on my show that when I would watch their videos, I wasn't getting turned on by their appearance. I was getting turned on by what was going on in their mind, what they were going through, what they were feeling. And that led to this huge curiosity that this show actually allowed me to go. So that's how it works. (laughs) And so I wanted to, to compliment you all in the way that you presented this program, because you presented it from all the different perspectives that you have from your interviews, and then you have the experts as well. And if it doesn't lead to imagination from the male and some female side of things, I don't know whatever will, because this is such a beautiful introduction to women's pleasure. I can't think of a better way to, and here I am 58 years old and being introduced to this. What was the part that you found most either enjoyable or surprising? Honestly, as people were talking about what what the vulva area looks like, because I was in such vanilla marriages and vanilla relationships that I got to tell you, I didn't know. And that's scary to me. I missed out on a lot. And to see how everything works together, to see how it brings, it's, I've always said that a woman's way of looking at things, I go to the improv analogy, men in improv are given a 
suggestion or a problem and they go straight to the solution, tunnel vision going straight there. Women are given a suggestion or problem. And the first thing they do is take a 360 degree turn and see everything that is around them to find what the most interesting part of that journey towards that solution is going to be. And sometimes the solution isn't the most interesting part of the story. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the way I, I see porn from back in my college days when I'd see all this stuff and I'd be going, why? There's no thought to this. And so almost every fetish model or every content producer that I've talked to, I said, wouldn't it be a much different world if the women wrote and produced it? What kind of imagination could we get into? And I realize I'm going off on a tangent here, but I just want to show you the appreciation from the other side, I guess. So Lola, the way this all came together, you were a a big part of it because obviously you're very well known for your shop. Did any of this series surprise you in the depth that it went into? I don't know. I will tell you that it didn't surprise me at the depth that went into from for me it was and I don't know I won't say surprise it was a relief because in doing this work the sex industry the sex porn sex toys all of that is very white very thin very male gaze focused very um, not concerned about hurting people's feelings or being awful. Um, and you would, you know, I don't know if you, the people, if you know the run in the circles, but there's, I've been doing so much advocacy just to get like sex toy companies to stop making racist packaging and, Mm. you know, uh, transphobic packaging. Like it's, there's so much work that's been going into kind of like, that's I think I feel like that it needs to be done and it takes us off the course of the work we're doing but it's like hey you can't keep doing this because you're creating other issues around people's pleasure and you're making people into fetish objects non-consensually if you want to consensually be that that's one thing but when people people are learning about these things from porn and buying some of the sex toys and when you look at things and like (laughs) I had this conversation yesterday with a man on the phone and like when men think that if they don't come for like 30 minutes that they'll get this huge you know a pool of ejaculate that's gonna and and you have to sit on the phone and like break it down biology and how the body works and that sperm production only increases at 12 percent per day you're not going to get that and like do you know what makes up ejaculate and this is not what you are doing you're not a super so i literally told a grown man you're not a super soaker jerking off and not coming isn't pumping it up and you're not going to suddenly have this spray and he goes but in porn i'm like porn is not mm-hmm. real life and i'm like i've done some porn production i'm like sometimes they're using mcdonald's milkshake dude that's watered down like <laughs> 
not all porn but that oh my if especially if it is a like porn that's very cum focused like that people don't make that kind of cum unless that's what their body does and i'm like these are people that are professionals like porn stars are athletes we got to look at it that way like not everybody's ass can do that not everybody's vagina can do that not everybody's dick can do that like they are specialists and this is entertainment and so being a part of something and when I got because you know when we're filming I had no idea what the final product was gonna we're all filming in pieces and things and so the when I I I started tearing up just from like the little details the seeing different types of bodies portrayed the seeing all shades of skin and that you know thin and white wasn't the focus and that there were trans people and non-binary people involved and that, that like there were all these little things that as a sex educator that you you want and you hope people will do and you hold your breath when you're a part of something and you hope that it's done in a way and i I, it wasn't surprised. I was just, I would have, I was more highly relieved and felt so much joy um, that it would, that it turned out the way it turned out and that they put things together and the way they put it together. And everybody, all the sex educator folk I know all felt that same way of like, just there were brown bodies and, mm -hmm. and it wasn't about being black when it was being used. And there's, you know, it was, there was, just it was like people <laughs> like when you're watching it and the default wasn't this one thing and the default bodies and the amount of people who were like they used real vulvas like i got so many text messages when they got to that part and they were like there are real vulvas on netflix like people are cheering so that was it was really just such a wonderful thing to finally kind of see the fruits of not just my labor but so many people in the industry who are trying to like say listen if we are inclusive and care about you know making sure we're not leaving people out of the conversation it's going to translate into more money more understanding the more people you come around to not feeling shameful about buying sex toys those are customers and you know i hate to tie everything back into capitalism but sometimes that's what gets people to do the right thing is money so that's been the angle we're taking like i wrote a bunch of guides with another educator ann hotter and we wrote we write we're writing guides that get mailed out to sex shops that have education in them because a lot of sex shops don't do education for their employees so there's just people that know nothing about anything and they're reading you if you ask a question, they're reading the box and we're trying to like have more informed staff who know about things. So one of the things in all of the guides we wrote is like, oh, why should I care? And we're like, when you create a safe space, those people go back and tell other people that this is a safe space. So if you have a space where trans people feel safe, you're going to have trans clientele who come in and spend money with you and don't go other places. When you create a space that feels good for Black folks to be in there, where they see themselves not as fetish objects, but as mm -hmm. people that get to be a part of the conversation and desire when you have you know, dildos of all the colors and that even the brown ones come in multiple sizes and not just like giant mandingo size. You create these spaces where people feel comfortable going, I can shop here. And it's little things that people don't think about, but that as someone who's been doing this, I hold so many people's like, not the secrets, but it's, I have people, I've had black men come in and say, but my dick is, doesn't look like that. And I want 
something that looks more like me in size, but also my color and I can't find it. Can you help me find, track this down? Like, and thankfully I, there are lots of places now that offer those options and I'm able to go like, here's the brands, here are the things, but I turn around and I'm like, you want these people to shop from you do better. And, you know, so it's the one time capitalism is maybe helping <laughs> that it makes it's it's turning the tide in for a lot of these because a lot of sex toy companies are, are found they're family businesses and they were founded by old white men and so they've passed it down to their kids and their kids are thankfully a little bit more progressive and they're bringing people in and trying to make some change but it's still old white people <laughs> at the helm that you have to like prove why this is better than this <laughs> so yeah like that Dahlia you opened the conversation you brought this conversation to life what was your plan on getting all the different voices into the conversation obviously I'm guessing it was a conscious decision to make it like that but tell me a little bit about your process well, it, it couldn't be any different. Like it, it's, to me, it's crazy that, that, you know, we have, we have to normalize looking at black, at seeing black bodies. We have to normalize looking at differently abled bodies or where it, it's, it goes back to this, like celebrating ourselves and how do we create something that I, I kind of see as pure love in certain ways without including all of us. And in fact, it's kind of like there was more and, and, and more angles and more viewpoints that we tried to bring in, but you know, at a certain point you only have three hours and, 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 you know, and there's also bigger conversations that are happening around gender, for example, that's, you know, that, that also we had to walk a certain line because you know, it's different in New York, LA and more progressive spaces. And then it's different when, you know, this is on Netflix. So people in Africa, people in India, you know, in Africa and in, in different places, it's still illegal to be gay in certain countries. Mm -hmm. So we had to take all that into, I mean, it was, it was a constant like anxiety inducing, <laughs> um, um, you know, process because, it's so important to be inclusive in a meaningful and real way. And then also, you know, I think the landscape is changing, right? Um, so quickly and, and understanding gender and being able to articulate that. And, and yeah, it, we did a lot of homework. We reached out. I mean, first of all, it's the intention. And the intention was always there from the beginning. I think that's why Netflix wanted us to make it because we came from that space of intersectional feminism and understanding what it means to bring different voices. It's named the front because it is that, like different, allowing different voices to come to the front. And um, so, so that's always been in our value system. And then executing against it, it's just, it, you have to be meticulous. You have to ask people that are not you and not like you to be able to, um, to give their feedback, give their input. We had, you know, um, experts that, that looked over the scripts, that looked over our casting to make sure. I mean, just, it's, it's about like finding your blind spots and, and help finding the right people to help 
identify any blind spots, really. So it's really, it all comes back to intent and, and the commitment really to creating um, something that's work that's inclusive like that. And th that's the aspiration, I think, for everything that we do. It, it's how do we bring everybody into it and make everybody feel seen and heard which is, I think, you know, the hardest, I think, in the world today to feel seen and heard and, and be able to see themselves on screen or a representation of themselves on screen. I wanted to follow up on the gender roles and the fact that it has been an amazing education for me personally to come into a world where... I now understand so much further than just binary roles. I could have never imagined something like that growing up in my conservative household on the East Coast. And to hear this wonderful conversation, which is why this show is called What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, because we are all wonderful humans. We may identify in one way or another, but we all have those stories. And nobody fits in a perfect binary. Nobody fits in a perfect mold or a perfect label. We are all individuals that have extra spices thrown in. And it's a beautiful time to be living and to be able to talk about that and have that conversation has got to be fascinating for those who have known about it longer than I have. I, I always, I've been feeling more and more as time has gone on that like everybody's catching up to me and the way I felt on the inside. I remember being a teenager and turning around, like blurted out, I, I just couldn't hold it in. To, to my best friend at the time, like, I don't necessarily feel like a woman, a girl, a female, like I feel like I'm not a guy either. And I feel like this, I don't feel either one or the, I feel somewhere in between. And of course, at that time, there was zero language around this and or, or, or something that I was aware of. And, and I just like blurted out, turned bright red and looked to her for help, I remember. And she like, her face went blank. She looked out to the distance and she was like, oh, you know who came and talked to me at lunch? This guy, blah, 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 blah. And, and just completely blanked me. Like mm. did not even acknowledge that I had just had this like complete meltdown and outburst of like, I just don't understand this and I don't fit in anywhere. And she just like kept on talking about what was happening at over lunch that day. And, and I, you know, to finally see the world being, you know, giving us that space to find ourselves. And, and you know, I know people get overwhelmed and, you know, what, what are pronouns? And now there's so many genders and it's like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like, you know, if you now feel uncomfortable with that, you know how many years people that have been feeling uncomfortable about it that couldn't say anything because there was nothing to be said and no words to use to, to express it. Now we can all share in the discomfort if you wanna feel uncomfortable <laughs> about it. Now we're just sharing it. Like, let's all get to the space where it's okay. Like, I think 
there's always a little bit of discomfort before everybody understands how, you know, how we need to create space for everybody and, and people don't like change in that way. But for me, I don't know. I think all these conversations are, are it's necessary, are necessary to express ourselves in our totality. Like, you know, in ancient times, they knew about this. I think we just forgot it along the way, right? Yeah. A ancient cultures knew that there wasn't one or two genders, one, two genders, <laughs> just females. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm excited about the times. I know it's, it's, it's tricky and, and we're navigating and we're learning and we're making mistakes and learning. Um, and, and if this show can help along the, the way, you know, I know certain people have reached out and said, oh, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, um, it's still not as um, progressive as it needs to be because there's so many bigger conversations. But again, like if you're making something for a mainstream global audience, yep. you have to bring them along on this trip. And also you had three, I mean, I've had these conversations and I'm like, all of this stuff is valid and I agree, but it's also three, it was, it's, basically a three-hour documentary broken up into episodes there is in order to address everything there would need to be more and like it's not making an excuse it's like there has to be a beginning and and this is this is goes with what I was talking about before you once you show people we can make this thing that nobody else is making that's answering to a lot of the stuff that people want which is inclusivity of all parts of gender bodies all these things if it makes money, they want more. And so then we can keep telling these stories. And it's, if you do something that is so out of the reaches, that is very hard to get into a space of making money. So you could make it and it would get buried and it might not be, get the appreciation it needs or the, or the spread it needs in order to continue to do more. And so I, I've been saying from the beginning, like this is just the beginning like this yeah. is the beginning of it's the first step yeah yeah we can't just jump to the the you know and i know the advanced level hate hearing that and i and i get it like it's valid that people are like we've been waiting and it's like yes but when you look at the way the world is shaped it would be lovely if we could force the people in charge to do our bidding and just give it yeah. the do where do needs to be given but that's not how it works and sometimes you have to play a bit of the game in order to get a bit of the control so that you can keep doing what you want to do um and yeah and like after listening I'm like I'm so glad I grew up in New York I like yeah. I I grew up well I grew up in South Carolina and I moved to New York in my um sophomore year the summer after my freshman year of high school but my high school experience was so different when I talk about it people's eyes blaze over and they're like what and I'm like yeah like I we had a large LGBTQ community and I can say like we had some normal high school drama but nobody was beating anybody up for being gay I and I always joke I think it's because it was too many of us and we you know gang up and beat them all back but it was just we were a part of a community and people weren't walking the halls bullying people for you know being different and I think a lot of the adults had apprehensions when you know kids would come in school in skirts who don't normally wear skirts and things of that nature and other kids would be like okay and they'd be like this is what's going to happen I'm like or it won't 
because that's not the environment that we're in. And like I was, we were going to sex, we were throwing sex parties in high school of, of varying degrees and like experimenting with each other. And it wasn't this horrible like experiment. It was kids who were friends spending time together and like just decide like you want to try this or you want to do this thing or you want to you know and I'm so lucky that I had that experience but I know that that was a bubble that I was in and that people still aren't having those kinds of um, experiences and I know because I was having those experiences it made it made all the difference in how long I waited to have penetrative sex with somebody else and it made all the difference in how I experienced the world and the stuff I knew um, already and like how much I knew myself even though like there was a period of doubt as I went into adulthood um, and that's kind of what I hope this does is that it kind of gives a generation of kids some information that we didn't get to start out with and like my partner and you know I'm polyamorous my partner and his wife and their kid all watch this together um, because I'm in it but and she was very excited to see it and was very, and her dad's a sex therapist. So she's already kind of, she knows things and, and has like access to language and stuff, but to be able to share it with her and for her to like, this is a kid who's going to go share this stuff with her friends, mm-hmm. but in a, this is good information to share. This is like, mm-hmm. if she gets to be the friend that disseminates the proper, you know, information about bodies and things yay and and that's the thing we want is like to plant the seeds that kind of get spread out even you know to those spaces that they might not get to watch it but somebody else did and they tell them about it or they share something and that's the magic that's what I'm excited about with this I I, uh my sister told me that one of her friends in Switzerland he's a, a, a a male who is um hosting viewing parties for his son and his friends because they won't allow them to watch it like oh. some parents won't allow it. so he's like okay we're gonna host viewing parties for you like your 14 year old boyfriend you know like guy friends to learn about this and they're all so excited and he got a phone call from the teacher being like you need to your kid needs to stop telling other kids to watch this show because it's inappropriate and he like, and he didn't even know, but he didn't realize that I was on the show. I like, right. I was like on the show. And then my sister sent it a link and he's like, Thalia worked, you know, Thalia's project. And he like lost it because he had all this drama in his life that he was like so proud of that he was going to make, take a stand as, as a father and as somebody who understood the importance of this in, in male lives as much as female lives. And how he was going to make this difference. So it was really interesting to like hear it from that, you know, from that point of view too and, and you know you mentioned like showing vulvas and and early on it was a big conversation that we were having that I was like how are we going to make a real honest open show without actually showing them and being proud mm-hmm. and you know I think the the Netflix is like yeah it'll change your rating less people will watch it and I was like no 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 it's it's a fun it's fundamental I want us to be proud. Like I can't have another flower representing. We, we do it. We know this, right? Like how many t- how many different kinds of sandwiches and flowers and things are we going to represent? Like, can we just show and be proud? And it's not this like 
you know, and it's funny because I see on the internet, pornography, pornography. It's like, you know, please just look at this and like, let's all understand that this is the first time we're casting eyes in, in this kind of context and celebrate it. Like we, like, like, please, we don't need another illustration. I've seen a lot of illustrations. Well, We've made a lot of them not too. pornography. Like that's no. the, like, nudity no. is not pornography. Nobody's going to the museum and going, this is pornography. And there's nothing happening in those, but it's just literally like vulva, like just. It's, it's a medical yeah. photo as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. here you go. <laughs> like, and, but, you know, it's one of those things that I was really proud of. And I thought it was like, a piece of that puzzle where it's like this is if we're you know if we're going to walk the walk we need to do this mm -hmm. you know um it's a small thing but I think it's a huge thing as well like it means I think a lot to people there's a lot of reactions on TikTok but uh <laughs> well what are we gonna do there's a lot we of good this. ones though I think there's a no I love them I love them I've been enjoying it yeah I think the good is outweighing the negative yeah on all fronts I mean I've gotten a lot of new people following me and I've gotten a lot of messages and I don't think I've received anything out and out I mean some things where you're just like you don't even have a picture in your profile leave me alone yeah yeah but I, the, I've heard from people all over the world just in my inbox saying thank you or, yeah. and or asking me like where can I go buy a toy? Like, I don't, and I'm like, where are you? Let me look up a place for you. And like, what, what country are you in? And let me find who will ship to you. Um, or where somewhere near. And it's so, I mean, the funniest and not funny, haha, but like going back to what we said at the beginning of what people know, what we feel people should know, or what they, what we expect people to know or think they know. And how many people that I've, gone and been like oh did you not know you had this shop in your your town or your city and they're like no and I'm like really like this is an amazing sex shop or you know um there's an online sex shop that I a lot of that I can suggest to people in Europe because they'll ship there or they're based there and I'm like you can talk to a human like they literally code all their products so when you call you give them the code and they can like talk you talk to you about it without you trying to go like it's this one it's the pink one it's the you just go it's code like 577 and they can talk to you about it and I'm like so even when you're online there's a human element that can walk you through it and talk to you about how to use it and I'm and I'm like you didn't know this existed so there's just so much that this show is sparking I had a woman walk in and stop and she goes it's you. And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> it's just like, ah. I was just watching the first episode of principles of pleasure and it ended. And I came here to buy toys and it's you, you're here. And I just started laughing, but I'm like, you, she's like, I turned it off. I put on my shoes and I left the house and she's like, I never bought a vibrator. Let's do this. And I'm like, you just made my whole day. <laughs> you just made my whole day. And that's what we're doing. So any bad, I'm like, I mean, yeah, no, if it's helpful, but any bad does, I'm like, nope, <laughs> that lady made all of it worth it. You're my mom's favorite, by the way. And I told oh. her if she comes to the States, we'll come see you. Cause she's like, I love that woman. Please do. She's I'm a like, lot of moms. She laughs. She's like, 
she makes me laugh. Like you just also, I have to say this out loud, like, you know, I think it's a lot of it is in the personalities that, that we collaborated with that just made it okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Made it natural. Like a lot of what people need is to feel that humor, the lightness, the, the, you know, the openness, like feel it, like it be a genuine thing and be invited in. Like, I think people need to be invited in. They do. And and Lola, you're, you're so amazing at that. Thank you. In real life and in the show. Like, thank you. The best compliment I've received so far is this gentleman was like, you made it almost wholesome. He's like, you know, you're talking about sex and you're talking about how to use it, but the way you're doing it, it, it could be so vulgar and you didn't make it vulgar. He's like, you made it familial. Like you, I, like you made it something that I would be okay showing my kid this because you're not being weird about it. You're just like, this is what this is. This is where this goes. This is, I'm like, yeah, but that's how I always do it because I don't, I, I need to, you people to, people don't understand sex toys they look at things and i think it would be intuitive and it is not and they will hold something up like where does this go and i'm like well here's my i use my hand which i do in the show i'm like here's your this is the thing and i you have to you know kind of bring meet people with kindness and talk to them meet them where they are and you know um make them feel seen and 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 when the people come in who are knowledgeable like we can laugh and kiki it up and be dirty and I like love those moments but more I get more people who don't know anything about anything and are coming in for the first time or are have only had like one toy their whole life and have no idea where they want to go next or why, you know, it's, a, or they're having a life experience. They're divorced, their spouse died, you know, they've gone through a trauma and they're on the road to healing and they want, you know, to, to finally take care of um, themselves or they've gone through traumatic experiences and they're finally dating again and they've met somebody they trust. And I can t- can't tell you how many times I've held people and we both cried in the sex shop where we've had happy cry moments of people whispering like this happened to me and and I'm excited but I'm afraid and those are real like moments that I you know you go through and I cherish and it really has informed how I teach and how I talk because I don't know one moment to the next who's in the audience and what they've gone through and what that moment could mean to them and me being flippant or you know um being too too much you know like I try to straddle the line and like entertain but still bring it back to make it digestible and I think that's what this was it was a very digestible thing but even people who are sex educators who are highly sexual I think found this to be so interesting and so wonderful and learned something and I like or just the awe of that the things that we know are finally getting put out in a way that we know them instead of kind of being sensationalized or you know turned into like this salacious thing in order to get it out there it's like no we could talk about sex in this lovely beautiful knowledgeable way and and teach people and have them learn and still go off and be sexy but like it can be this too 
loving. I think there's like, I, I really go back to that as like a feeling of like, like loving, loving myself, loving my body, loving other people in the process. It's like, it comes back to very pure feelings in, in certain ways. And it doesn't, dirty feelings are good too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but fundamentally it comes back to like, this being like a celebration of, of you know, us being alive and on this planet, right? Like, what else are we celebrating? No, I'm kidding. I'm just getting dark. <laughs> the war in Ukraine? No. No, world, but the world is hard. And I think this it's is hard. a nice thing about, like, even where you're, we're, we're pointing out the problems, but we're not pointing them out in like a 60 minutes kind of damning, like, you yeah. know, like, ah, oh, awful, awful man. We're like, no, listen, we're all fucked. No, yeah. nobody learns anything. And this is the schism that it causes because it's, it, we're not teaching anybody. So you can't have this expectation for men to know about our bodies when we're not learning about our bodies. They're barely learning about their bodies. And so nobody's learning about anybody. And so having an expectation around giving pleasure and and like how to do it right and all this when you don't even know how to do it for yourself it, it comes all back around full circle so it's I, somebody was like you're, i feel like you're blaming me and i'm like we're not we're almost saying like listen we get it you didn't learn shit here here's your moment to learn some stuff here's your moment to pick up some new information to help inform you and have conversations about it and it's like you know it's where would you learn it? You know, when would be the time for you? There's not a lot of places and the places that you are seeing it and quote unquote learning it is porn, which thank goodness there is more porn that's written by women. And there are things, you know, porn being made that talks about more desire and try to, to model consent in those things. But for the most part, we know that's not what they're mostly consuming or what no. they consume through their lives. And so, yeah, I'm like, I it goes back to like, yeah, every, when you're bad at sex, it's like, can I really be mad at them for being bad at sex? If, if we talk about it, if we talk, well, yes, if we have a conversation and they don't, I tell people that I'm like, listen, once you've kind of laid it out and you're like, here's what I like, and here's how we can do this. And if they still either won't or refuse to learn it or learn how you work, then that's, you know, now you, whatever, but just assuming everybody should know the best yeah. and, and that we're so unique like learning how to eat pussy doesn't work for everybody because I don't, my, that's not even how my clit works or what it wants to feel. Or you like, somebody else might like you to spell the alphabet. I personally hate that shit. It's annoying. I know you're doing it and it makes me mad. So I don't want it, you know? So we're so unique. And I love that. Like, that's what I try to teach people is like, you are unique. Like what your best friend likes unless y'all had cloned pussies, this is not going to yeah. work. You know, it might not work and you might go home and it might be amazing, but it might be awful. And you know what? You're going to feel broken. You're not going to feel seen. You're going to feel broken. Yeah. Yeah. Pet peeve is like, don't tell me what to do. And it's like, <laughs> it's my body. Yeah. I know what I need. I think we need to wrap this up <laughs> and move on if I can't tell you what I like, yeah. you know? And it's I'm here for like suggestions. That. I'm here yeah. for you going, hey, you wanna, this is the thing yeah. I know how to do. Do you wanna, Let's I, you collaborate. Know, yeah, <laughs> but then I'm also like, I have the right to be like, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. 
<laughs> a little to the left, a little. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, and, and you know I, I'm would I'm really excited to hear if we get additional seasons because I think there's so much more to dive into. It's funny, like we've had a few people reach out to to us and and at men saying, "Hey, are you going to make one for men too?" Like I don't think I know anything about my body, and I was like never I hadn't quite processed it like that but I think you're absolutely right there's mm -hmm. something there and and um you know and sex between people I mean there's just so much to talk about so I, I'd be really interested to see if they're willing to to dive into that you know yeah. with us because people I think have asked if they're going to be more and that has been the thing I've heard throughout like I want more this it went by so fast I needed more i like people are hungry now. They've they've gotten a taste of like that kind of excuse me, education. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's do some more and get some stir some trouble. I love yeah. it. <laughs> as we wrap this up, I am visualizing as I tend to do as an old radio broadcaster. I'm visualizing uh, just a little human in the back of a classroom, slowly raising their hand. And you all are at the front of the classroom. And she says, I'd really like to talk about this. And you have said to her, yes, it's a perfectly good thing to talk about. And suddenly the entire class just moves their desks back and it becomes a semicircle. And this entire conversation is started, not only between you and the little girl in the back, but the shy boy and the jock and the cheerleader and the drama queen and the goth person all getting together and talking about something that should be part of our conversation. I am so proud to have had you both on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. I can't wait to hear if there's gonna be more because the conversation is just starting and that is all credit to you all. Thank, well, you. thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity to, for us to get together. I haven't had a chance to talk to Lola since this went up and yeah so yeah so thank you for that yeah i really enjoyed it wonderful conversation with both those ladies and an amazing show i know i'm learning so much from the wonderful netflix show the principles of pleasure and it's streaming now next time on the show we get to meet with someone who i've actually met in person and when I first met her, I didn't know she was a pro-dom. But after I met her, I could never forget. It's Just Mary, joined by Professor Gray, next time on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, 
What Women Want podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.